Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Hello, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in to Stand Up For The Truth. Phenomenal podcast yesterday, phenomenal podcast Monday. Uh, We're just so blessed to have some of the guests we do. Dr. Lee Merritt yesterday, that's going through the roof. But we've got Jelaine Appling with us, Wisconsin Family Council and Wisconsin Family Action. And for those of you that had not heard what happened, I hope you've been um, aware of this, that the offices in Madison of Wisconsin Family Action were bombed by the left. Uh, they took. They even wrote graffiti on to let people know who did it. Uh, their signature on the building, but Molotov cocktails were thrown into the offices and uh, a lot of damage. They set a fire also. Why? Because Jelaine and her organization is a Christian-based organization, and they stand for truth, and they are pro-life. And since the Dobbs leak at the Supreme Court, this thing has intensified. So let's bring her on right now without any further delay. Jelaine, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Hey, David, it's good to be with you. Thanks for the opportunity. Well, thank you, and congrats on getting some national coverage on this. We saw you on Tucker Carlson. Um, uh, God bless him. He's one of the few that from the mainstream media or the, the big cable networks that continues to tackle these things and really give a voice to the Christian worldview. So right at the root of this, Julian, let's just talk about the spiritual dynamic, the battle, the war that's going on. Uh, it's demonic what they're doing on the left. They want to kill babies, and that's really intensified since this leak. But can you give us your perspective on the spiritual significance of this just lashing out by the left all of a sudden, even more now? Well, well, look, um, this is not something that happened just this last week. This has been brewing and brewing and brewing for mm-hmm. decades. You know, we've taken God out of our schools. We, we don't allow for prayer. We don't allow for Bible reading. We don't allow for the posting of the Ten Commandments by the edict of the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, which I would submit is, and we're, uh, those are other examples of judicial activism, by the way. Yes. But nevertheless, that's reality. Our culture has tried very valiantly to um, kick Christianity to the curb. And, you know, Tucker was talking about this last night, that this is the ultimate goal of those who oppose us who hold biblical values, right? In order to advance their agenda, they must silence us. I've known this for years. We've talked about it um, for, for literally decades now, that in order to advance the leftist agenda, they have to silence, sideline, and even destroy the people who are in their way. And the people who are most in their way, David, are Christians That's who right. are pro-life, pro-marriage, pro-family, pro-religious freedom, pro-personal property rights. And you just go down the list. Now, so what we have is we have a worldview chasm. We have so many people in our culture now who do not know anything about a biblical worldview. They don't even know, and we're just finding this more and more true. Yeah about Judeo-Christian principles and values, because we don't use the term anymore, Judeo-Christian, right? Right. Because that's anathema. So we've had these generations coming, and and this has been fomenting. These are are people who believe that the only answer to things they don't like 
is to silence the messenger. And so it results, the anger spills over into inappropriate responses, and very often that response is violence. They put this graffiti out in an attempt to intimidate us and bully us and silence us. They put the, you know, fortunately they weren't better at building Molotov cocktails or we would have probably not had a building standing here. Yes. Um, and, and you know, one one did go off, one did not. They did start a fire. I mean, what you're seeing in that office and the, the pictures that have gone all over the country and who knows where else is very real. Nothing much has changed when I walked in there this morning. But um, so so that this is their answer, David. This is spiritual warfare. I've known it since the time I took this position 25 years ago. We are not dealing with people who respond in a Christ-like manner. They are of their father, the devil. Amen. I know that sounds harsh, but that's what Scripture says. It's biblical. They, they, they lie, okay? They lie. They have no compunction against lying. They have no compunction against threats. They have no compunction against using overt violence to get rid of the people who are, who are in their way. And by the way, there has now been um, a group that has stepped forward to claim credit for this. It's called Jane's Revenge, and they issued a statement. I believe it was this uh, was the day before yesterday or yesterday. They issued a statement and said, "We're not done." It may have been first in Madison, but without warning, we're going across the country. We have other targets. Yeah, and you know, um, and and they and they they basically said, "We will silence you." Now that is spiritual warfare, and we must recognize this for what it is. It is an attempt to scare Christians into silence and when we go silent they win well it's interesting you say that they are silencing us and biden recently created this uh, the biden administration this uh, this governance board of disinformation why would they be doing that at this time everything from the truth about pro-life issues to to covid and the vaccines to health issues to uh just conservative and, and biblical values they are silencing when it comes to gender or anything else. So this is the left playing into what the activists are picking up on. But here, something, Julaine, you said in your statement, and I have it in front of me, that at first, when this happened, Governor Evers, he didn't um, condemn the violence. He said nothing about demanding a full investigation and criminal prosecution. That was his reaction. What he did do was told his pro-abortion supporting Democrats that he would keep supporting Roe v. Wade and abortion, do everything that it takes. And it seems like the Biden administration also, they're not, I, I can't say they're endorsing the violence, but they certainly aren't condemning it. So your thoughts on that, I believe that's very irresponsible and it makes it worse. Well, it does make it worse. And by the way, the governor, I think it's partly in part because we have hammered on the governor in public statements um, literally across the nation over the last, what, um, 48 plus hours now. <laughs> um, we, we have said that Governor Evers actually in that statement, David, if you look at that, he said, we'll continue to advance the right for women to have an abortion in the street. Wow. Now, implicitly, what he has said to the people who are listening to that is you, you just keep doing what you're doing, okay? Because we're going to kind of give you a free pass on it. I mean, that is implicit. So what we have here is a dearth of leadership. We have a dearth of leadership in the White House. We have a dearth of leadership in the Attorney General's office here in Wisconsin and in the Governor's office and in the Chief of Police in Madison, to be honest. 
Mm-hmm. Because what they what they say is, well, we don't we don't condone violence. In fact, we're going to use the word condemn. But as you said, they don't come out and say we're going to bring the full resources of the federal government, or the state government, or the city of Madison, or the county of Dane to, to find these, the perpetrators and and charge them and bring them to justice. All right. They held a press conference um, earlier this week on Monday, and and basically said, well, we don't have any suspects. And it was kind of like. Okay, maybe they're telling us what they know, and maybe there's more to it that they can't say. Hmm. But I wasn't invited to it. I, I we watched it online, and and basically it was just more of the same. Yeah, nobody likes this. It's not appropriate. But I want to see earnestness, earnestness, especially now that this group has claimed credit for it and has said we're not done. Yeah. So they're they're looking to, and and they say right in there that they want to destroy. And silence the people who are pro-life, or pro, and even basically they spread it out and made it broader than that by saying, you know, if you're if you're not pro-left, basically we're coming after you. So, so Jelaine, before we, um, I want to talk about the Dobbs leak and your reaction because we're now we're going back in time because this just happened on Sunday. And by the way, I also want to ask you about Tucker Carlson's um, the headline. He was one of the few that said abortion anarchists torch pro-family center in Madison. Of course, that would be you, the Wisconsin Family Council, Wisconsin Family Action. But I saw so many headlines, including one that he mentioned, Politico, uh, saying you're an anti-abortion group. In fact, I heard another headline that said um, uh, fire broke out at an anti-abortion rights group. So the media is framing this wrongly from the get-go um, I don't think there's anything we can do about that, but just your response, because you said in that interview, it seems like it's, the coverage has been somewhat balanced. Can you elaborate a little bit? The first question Tucker asked me was, what did I think of how this was handled? On many levels, it's more even-handed than I ever dreamed it could be, David. Hmm. It really is. There have been media outlets that have used the term pro-life. I w- that's us. We are Yes, we have to be against certain things because we are for certain things. But we categorize and characterize ourselves as pro-life, pro-family, pro-marriage, pro-religious freedom, and on and on. Um, and, and the meat, look, as you said, there's nothing we can do about it because the mainstream media is beyond my control. They're compromised. I can bark and too. cry and stomp my feet, and it's just going to keep going, yep. right? Yeah. But but I, I think that, you know, praise God for people like Tucker who call it exactly like it is. There were some news reports out there that said that uh, a fire— a fire ignited with a <laughs> passive voice. Okay, well, how, how crazy is that? The fire didn't just, you know, spontaneously combust. Exactly. It combusted because they set the fire in my window. You know, mm. um, the pictures you've been seeing are very real. Glasses everywhere around there. We know one of those Molotov cocktails did explode because the glass is literally thrown all across my room. It's, mm. on, my, it's on my computer desk. It's, on, it's everywhere. And, and that took some force to do that, right? Yeah. Um, so, so, and it could have been so much worse. So the, here's the problem I see the mainstream media having with this situation. The evidence is just too real. Yeah. You can't, you can't look at that and say the attack wasn't real. It was real. And, and they, so they're finding themselves trying to say, okay, how do we admit that the attack was real without giving them uh, too many kudos, right? So they characterize us as anti-abortion and of course that's the language used in this jane's revenge group too yeah but but that but 
surprise, surprise, right? Anybody that thought that they would give us truly a fair shake really doesn't understand how far left the mainstream media goes. And and I, I guess I feel compelled to say this, David. People who are bereft of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and have do not have the mind of Christ, it is virtually impossible for them to see correctly on these types of issues. Their mind is darkened. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they, as I said, they're of their father, the devil. They, he's controlling the thinking. It's not, it's not the spirit of God that they have in their thinking. And this, this is, this is the cosmic battle, right? Yeah. This is the battle. And today it's about pro-life. Tomorrow it's going to be about pro-marriage or pro uh, on this transgender issue, or you know, you name a host of other issues. Because what they now believe is. Violence is the appropriate response to everything they disagree with. Yes, and they are. And if you don't hear our leaders uh, condemning it, then they're going to just take that as okay. It's approved as the Black Lives Matter riots uh, across the country when uh, businesses were burned, people were murdered, and um, that was just horrific. What we saw in the summer of I believe 2020. But anyway, we've talked about. Wisconsin heartbeat bills, the National Marriage Month, local primary elections. We've talked about Wisconsin parental rights bills, uh, pro-life efforts. You talk about a lot of these things, and we do. And now that, some of that is starting to be spun as hate speech because they call us hateful when we're standing up for these things. But I want to ask you, um, in your comments uh, about the attack, I, I believe you're right. You say Americans are seeing through the hypocrisy of the left. I'm quoting you, just because the liberals don't get their way doesn't give them license to threaten bodily harm or to burn and destroy. We still support freedom. We love our republic and care for our neighbors. We will repair our offices, remain on the job, and build an even stronger grassroots effort. We will not back down. We will not stop doing what we are doing. Too much is at stake, end quote. And that's from uh, your response to the attack on your office. Julaine, first and foremost, I'm trusting you guys have good insurance for your building, but how can people support you guys and uh, donate if they want to? Well, we do have insurance, David, but I'm going to tell you that how this is going to come down on that, we have no idea. Hmm. Um, you know, insurance companies have a funny way of responding to these types of things. I also learned that when you use the word terrorism, which has now been associated with the uh, incident at our office, Hmm. then you are in a whole nother level of how insurance companies respond. Wow. We are, to be honest with you, preparing for the worst where we, um, you know, we don't know exactly. There's a lot of unanswered questions for us. And quite honestly, I've hardly had time to even walk into my office and begin thinking about what we have to do in there. But um, we, we are preparing. We are prepared for major changes. First of all, security we've got to deal with, and that's going to that that's. We, I have no idea what that entails. Hmm. But secondly, um, we've got we've got cleanup. We've got restoration of the area. We've got replacement. We've got all this stuff. I have no idea what that looks wow. like. So um, you know, we know that God is in complete control. That He's supplying our needs as we have those needs. He is imminently faithful. I have no doubt of that. You know, people have people have already all across the country, just to give you an idea, without our ever asking, because we are trying to use this, you know, 
we're not trying to use this for any other purpose than to put, speak truth into this issue and shine the light of truth into a dark place, right? Mm-hmm. But people just hearing the story have jumped on our own website, and in the past 48 hours, um, given from 33 different states, wow. given money. Praise God. You know, in addition, yeah, in addition to the prayer support, and, and we need that. We need it all, to be honest. We have no idea what we're going to be looking at financially on this. I'm sure we're going to start knowing here pretty soon. But, um, you know, um, the prayer support has tre- been tremendous. And I, people say, well, how can I pray for you? Pray for wisdom. Yes. Pray that at, when I do interviews at the national level, I, I've got a, we've got more of them. And as this story breaks, by the way, as this group gets um, some traction and some, you know, in the media, making the claim that they did this and that they are looking at other places across the country. This story isn't going away anytime soon. So I need wisdom as I go into the to, uh, national level, local level, places I've never been before on, on newscasts to, to say the truth and say it in a way doesn't make the situation worse. And I, you know, I'm given accurate reflection of, of who we are, what we're doing and what we believe about this incident. So we, we greatly appreciate that. I'm so grateful for Q90 Thank you for the opportunity to, you know, have a long time friendship with you folks and that you know who we are and you trust who we are yep. and you believe in the work we're doing. Thank you. Um, you you all are, are highly valued partners for us, David, and, and your whole team there at Q90. So thank you. Thank you for the words of encouragement that you've offered along the way. People laugh when I say this. I've been at this 25 years. Every day is a learning curve. <laughs> I have been on a very steep learning curve since a quarter to eight on Mother's Day morning. Hmm. I've never dealt with an attack like this wow. in our office. Well, you know what's interesting? You say that we uh, we're kind of flabbergasted here at Stand Up for the Truth because um, we haven't been attacked in that way, and we're kind of going, "Wow, I know maybe God's sovereignty and His protection and and something," but either or we're flying just slightly under the radar. But some of the guests we have on, nobody backs down from controversy <laughs> or speaking the truth on any issue. And we're kind of going, wow, especially the LGBTQ. We had a lawsuit with the De Pere, uh city uh, because of this transgender ordinance five, six years ago. I mean, I'm just surprised that we haven't been attacked. I'm not, I don't want to invite that on ourselves. But um, we've got to take our first break, Julaine. And when we come back... Uh, I want to ask you, you wrote a little thing about the Wisconsin Democrats' reaction to the Dobbs leak out of the Supreme Court. We're going to go back a little bit and what brought us to this point now and uh, talk about that and the leak that was this draft opinion. And now Alito, apparently, Justice Alito has been moved to an undisclosed undisclosed location. Supreme Court justices have been intimidated outside their homes. There have been protest rallies since Saturday. Was it Saturday? I think Saturday night. And so this thing erupted immediately, and so it gives you the idea that it may have been pre-planned. Well, how did some know about the leak? I've got to ask you that when we come back. More with Julianne Appling, the president of Wisconsin Family Action and Wisconsin Family Council when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. We're back with Julaine Appling, Wisconsin Family Action. Let's go back uh, just a couple of weeks in recent history to this progression of events. Um, of course, the Roe v. Wade battle has been going on for decades, but now there's a threat because the Supreme Court may overturn it. 
Jelaine, your thoughts on how this was first the unprecedented fact that it's never happened in our history, that it was leaked by someone uh, at the Supreme Court or one of the, the uh, assistants or whatever offices. Um, tell us about that and your immediate reaction and then how Wisconsin Democrats rea- responded. Sure. Well, I just want to remind the, the listeners, David, that in the, I think it was the 1st of December, on a Wednesday of the 1st of December, the high court heard arguments in the case that's called Dobbs versus Jackson's Women's Health. Yes. And that, that is the setup case that said we knew that it could result in a total overturn of Roe v. Wade and send the issue of abortion back to the states. And we knew that, re- that opinion from the high court would be released no later than the end of June at the early, the early July at the very latest because they, that's when their term ends. And so we've been watching for it. We've been preparing for it. And so it, it really was – you mentioned a couple of weeks. I know it seems like that, but that leaked opinion was a week ago Monday, all right, wow. uh, in the evening. Yep. And, and so all of this has been in a very compressed time frame. And, and that opinion gets out, Politico releases it, and the, and the world just went, bam, you know. Um, and, and everybody had a reaction. We issued our statement early on Tuesday. Uh, you've been uh, mentioning that as we've gone through the program here. A very tempered, um, reasonable, cautious statement, in my opinion. And, but other people didn't respond that way. And we, were, we weren't even hardly minutes past the leak being sent out. And, and Politico releasing that, that document when people were already at the Supreme Court. Hmm. So, so look, we can gripe and complain about the left all we want, but I tell you what, they are organized. Now, maybe that they're paid to be organized. They, you know, the, the, the big spenders do pay people to show up at protests. Do I think that they showed up of their own free will and do it and doing, and they're doing all of this voluntarily when they showed up immediately at the Supreme Court yes. and protested and, no, I think I think many of them probably had some kind of money behind it. Maybe mm-hmm. they and, and some of them were voluntary. And so what they've done now is they've ratcheted it up, right? Over time, by the time we get to Saturday, now they're marching on the justices' houses. Now they're threatening federal officials. And how that's not illegal, I do not know. How in the world can they allow these people that they know? The longer they're allowed to do this, yep. the more their numbers grow. The more the intensity of the rhetoric grows, the more the anger foments, it's going to erupt in violence. That's their pattern. We saw it in Kenosha where the governor took a pass, right? That's in right. Never been in the National Guard. We saw it in Madison where he never quelled the, the riots that were going here on here. We've seen it all across the country where local, state, and federal officials did not take leadership and take act, or act on, in leadership and take action to quell all of this. This is a time bomb. It is a time bomb. Yes. I don't know. You know, if anybody had been in our in my office, by the way, my office specifically was the one under attack, my personal office mm-hmm. within our suite of offices, right? So if somebody had been in there, even though the one Molotov cocktail didn't detonate, I'm telling you they would have been hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would have been killed because these were not uh, very competent bomb makers. Um, but by the way, Molotov cocktails, that's what you use in war. Yes. War. So – they were, look, they were intent on doing damage and harm. That's what we're going to see all across this country if we don't shut it down right now. And yep. that's going to require real leadership stepping up at every level of government and taking firm action. We just aren't seeing it. We're seeing namby-pamby statements from leaders, you know, like a wink, and, as I said, a wink and a nod. Well, you know, okay, well, it's them. So, 
oh, yeah, we'll investigate and we'll let it drag on for months and maybe we'll find the people who did this, maybe not, but life will go on. And and that, and we keep and, and meanwhile, all of it's esca- escalating. What are they going to do, David? Yep. What will be their reaction when the final opinion comes out? Yes. And Julaine, there, there's that's a good question because there's so much ignorance about what would happen. They don't understand. A lot of people don't understand that this would go back to the states, which is where it should have been in the first place. Your thoughts on that? Well, absolutely. Look, um, we have learned, David, over over the course of the years in this issue, there is an entire, maybe multiple generations, because we're now talking 50 years, right? Um that don't even really know what abortion is. Oh. They certainly don't know what Roe v. Wade really was. Mm-hmm. Surveys have shown if you really explain it to people, they go, oh, no, 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 I'm not in support of that. But when they hear the rhetoric, pro-choice, pro-life, or whatever, they choose pro-choice because it sounds so American, right? And so um, I think people don't understand that when that decision was handed down in 1973, that basically what it did is took the issue out of the state and put it in the hands of unelected federal officials that wear black robes every day to work, hmm. who are unaccountable and serve lifetime, um, you know, have lifetime tenures on, on our U.S. Supreme Court. It should be a state level issue. Yes. For instance, we have a pre war, a pre row, not pre war, pre row statute on the books. It was here since, 19, since 1849 that criminalizes most abortions. When Roe v. Wade is overturned, if it's between now and June or if it's sometime later than that, that or that that statute should kick in and we should be able to bring charges against an abortionist who uh, does an abortion um, within within the state. However, however, we have an attorney general who in December said, I don't care what happens with Roe v. Wade. I'm not enforcing that statute. And last week, shortly after the, the leak of the document said, I don't care. He reiterated, he doubled down and said, I don't care. I'm not enforcing it. I'm telling you right now, the Department of Justice in the state of Wisconsin has no resources to devote to the enforcement of that statute. Here's wow. our top law enforcer wow. saying that. That's how the Democrats responded. Yep. And he also said it's never been more clear why we need to abolish the the filibuster in the U.S. Senate and take immediate action to protect every person's right to make decisions about their own bodies. That's a whole nother argument because a mother's body is not the baby's body. A mother's body is not the baby's body. Uh, Let's go back to how Tony Evers responded. He said, today I'm leading a coalition of 17 governors to call on Congress to immediately protect access to abortion and, quote, reproductive rights. And we cannot wait for SCOTUS to overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, You said, of course, abortion is not health care for either women or their unborn babies, but what Wisconsin is trying to push through is the, quote, Women's Health Protection Act. These all sound so good, Julaine, but uh, it just uh, it's just not what they're actually doing, is it? Is there anybody better than the left at euphemisms? No, no. <laughs> Seriously, and, and changing the language so we aren't really sure what words mean anymore. Yep. Yep. So, look, here, a lot of people don't understand this as well, David. But one of the ways to to kind of cut the legs out of a Supreme Court decision that would be favorable to us as pro-lifers is to ensconce a right to abortion in a federal law. Okay, right now we don't have a law, federal law about that at all. State laws, yes, but 
but uh, and some states allow it, some states don't in a post-Roe world. Um, but but so what the, what Governor Evers was saying was he wants to push the Democrats in Congress to immediately pass this Women's Health Protection Act, yep. which is a euphemism for the right to abort a baby, to kill an unborn baby, who, as you said, the science is absolutely conclusive. That baby's DNA is completely separate from either mother or father. That is a unique human being that is stamped with the image of God at the moment of creation. Yes. All right. And the moment of fertilization uh, and conception. So um, they're trying to push that through. And that goes back to Josh Call um, and his comment about stopping the filibuster. Right. Because they might be able to pass that law. In fact, undoubtedly under Pelosi, they could pass that law in the House of Representatives, but they move it over to the Senate where you've got a different configuration and you have to get to that 60 vote level. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And and that's why they don't want the filibuster. They want to go to a simple majority vote so that Kamala Harris can sit in the chair as president pro tem of the U.S. Senate and cast the tie breaking vote in favor of that law. Throw it on President Biden's desk. You know, somebody tells him, well, here's another bill for you to sign. He has no clue what he's going to sign. (laughs) And he just puts his name on it. Yeah. It's interesting. You're, the words echoed in my the, in my mind when you were just talking. Elections have consequences. I mean, the thought <laughs> the thought of Kamala Harris deciding, um, it, it just almost sends shivers up your spine. Uh, but that's for a whole other conversation. But let's let's unless you wanted to add something else, Jelan. I know you're pressed for time today. I uh, wanted to ask you about what you wrote on your website, what's in California, won't stay in California. And here's a state whose legislature introduced AB 2223. It's a bill that's radical. Uh, It would essentially legalize infanticide. And we don't say that lightly. So what do you mean it won't stay in California? Well, look, um, we are an election away from having that very kind of bill passed here in Wisconsin. So you say elections have consequences. I wish people would really believe me when I say that. Sometimes those consequences are life and death consequences, David. So what what that bill would do coming out of California would allow the mother to um, kill her baby after the baby's born with with, with impunity, you know, and and actually would say to law enforcement, if you tried to um, bring charges against the woman, you're the one that's going to be in trouble. And that's why they're calling it the infanticide bill, because this would be um, – the terms they use are pretty vague in there, so we aren't really sure how they're defining them. But we know enough to know that the t- a couple of the terms mean after birth up to maybe even a week, a week old that this could happen and not have any kind of charges. So here's the deal. Right now we have a Democrat governor who is avowedly pro-abortion, right? Yep. I mean, we just heard what, they, what he said. Yes. And now, and right now we have the state assembly and state senate here in Wisconsin under uh, Republican control. We have an election of, that involves we, – we have a gubernatorial election this year, a, a attorney general election, lieutenant governor, all of our state assembly and half of our state senate. What if the state senate and state assembly flipped this year? And let's say, God forbid – Tony Evers stays in office. No. You don't think that they'll introduce that bill and pass that bill here in this state? Of course. Of course they will. Yeah. Yep. They've already shot. They've already put, given us the shots across the bow. They introduced a ton of, of bills that would undo every single abortion restriction and regulation we have passed over the last 25 years mm. in this state. I mean, I mean and, and all, by the way, 
They're calling for the revocation of the marriage amendment. They just don't even want it out there in the Constitution. Look, they have given us every evidence we need in this state, and we're no different from any other state that is is um, purple, tinged, you know, and yep. on any given election we move towards red or blue. Right. You know, but so we're not alone in this. But my word, David, when are we going to wake up that they are telling us time and time again, this is who we are? So, no, what's in California doesn't stay there. It eventually comes eastward. And unfortunately, with uh, kind of media and the Internet and all the access people have to immediate news, it'll come sooner than we think. Yes. Um, we've only got six minutes left. If you can spend that with us, Julaine. And I want to I can. Qu- quote the rest of this article, which you say, and this we're leading right to this topic again. You say, this is why all Christians must be involved in politics. Remain informed and vote in a way that honors God. We need to be keenly aware of what the candidate stands for and hold them accountable for what they say they believe. The cost of our ignorance or inaction may be the lives of innocent children, end quote. And we've already seen that cost, and it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Jelaine, your, your thoughts on just how you closed that article with a very important paragraph. Well, let me say, first of all, if people are okay with killing unborn children, all right, it is not a big leap to understand why they are okay trying to kill people who are fully grown and and, and that take positions that they don't believe in, like throwing bombs into our offices. Yes. Right? Makes sense. Uh, Okay. So, so look, um, we, we remain ignorant. We remain uninvolved to our peril. And when we do that, it's not just our peril, it's future generations. We are saying when we, don't, when we don't understand who the candidates are, what they believe, we don't hold them accountable, we don't vote, all those things that make us good citizens and good Christian citizens in, in particular, mm-hmm. what we're saying is, I don't care if they kill babies. I mean, in an essence, that's what we're doing, yep. because we're giving a tacit okay for the people, for other people to get elected who are fine with killing the preborn children, you know, and, and that is that is implicitly what we're saying. And I know people are going to people are going to react to that, David. And I, and I understand they're going to say, well, I'm pro-life. Well, then prove it. Yes. Take the actions that you need to take to. And, and, and let's be honest. Going to the polls is a minimal, minimal action. Minimal. Yep. I mean, we, we pat our back, pat ourselves on the back all the time, right? Oh, I voted. Well, did you after they after you voted? Did you hold your elected account, uh, officials accountable for living up to what they told you they believed and told you they would mm. do once they get elected? Our problem is we we get people in office and then we turn our back on them and we say, okay, we got them in office. Now I'm going to walk away from it. Yeah. I'm afraid that's what we might do with Roe v. Wade. Mm. By the way, David. Yeah. And and by the way, the battle's just beginning. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hate to even, say that. I know. People yeah, even though it's been going on for 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, I like. I always it. tell people when they tell me I'm too militaristic. Um, no. I'm sorry, but the Apostle Paul talks about spiritual warfare. Yeah. That's where we are. Yeah, and our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but the enemy uses people, minions. Um, Pastor Matt Truella said if Roe v. Wade is overturned, he's down in Milwaukee, missionaries to the preborn. He said if Roe is overturned, we're going to see how many Republicans are truly pro-life, and we're going to be able to watch what they do uh, state by state. But 
Um, Julaine, back to, I know we just got a couple minutes left, but back to something we started off talking a little bit about that the recent Barna research seems to be so consistently showing us that the biblical worldview is becoming less and less important throughout our country, and a child's worldview is determined uh, before they are a teenager. We, we've, been, we've been hearing some of that research. So your concern, I mean, parents, this comes, comes down to you, Christian parents. So, Jelaine, I'd like for you to speak to a lot of moms that are listening right now and Christian parents that really need to pour into their kids in these important times of, quote, misinformation. Yeah, we do. I, and I know you all, um, and thankfully we uh, carry our minute, and I talk about this a lot. A lot. In fact, the one that's going to air tomorrow, we talk about this worldview. This, is, this has to be intentionally done. Mm-hmm. If it is not intentionally done, there are mixed messages. What Barna's pointing out over and over again of late is that parents don't have a biblical worldview. So therefore, it's impossible for them to transmit to their children a biblical worldview. This is a clarion call here coming from me and from you, I think, David. Look, it is time for all of us to understand that what we read in Scripture has to be applied to everyday life. Yes. We have to look at the events of, of this week, last week, next week, you know, and every other day of our lives through the lens of Scripture and not, not put some other filter in front of that. God's Word is true, it's faithful, it's inerrant, it is unchanging. It is the North Star for us as Christians, for our faith and practice, not just our faith, our practice. And so it should inform every area of our lives. And if we want a proper view of life, a proper view of marriage, of family, of finances, of wealth, of government, of you name it, we have got to understand the Word of God and how it applies to those things. That requires intentional and systematic uh, study and practice and building into the lives of children. I'm sorry, it should not surprise anyone, though, that this data is coming out, David. Yep. We have been bereft of this for decades. Decades. Yes. You know, uh, Christian schools are not very intentional very sometimes about making sure kids understand what a Christian worldview or a biblical worldview is. Churches aren't always doing that. Pastor, they well, I preach the Word of God. I know, but you, uh, somebody's got to sit down with the kids and say, this is how the Word of God applies to this issue. This is why you need to look at it that way. Otherwise, kids are getting the bombardment of a worldly, secular, godless worldview in their ear mm. every single day. Yes. And what they hear the most and hear the loudest is what they're going to believe. Parents are the best hope we have Amen. for building that into their children. Amen. And by the way, God holds them responsible, which is really the bottom line, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, this is, comes back to the biblical worldview. God is creator, and then he, of course, established marriage, family, and a healthy family. So important to a healthy society. And so we've talked a lot about that. But before we let you go, I know we, people can donate at wisconsinfamilycouncil.org, that W-I, familycouncil.org, or Wisconsin Family Action. But what you have coming up now, the work you have ahead of you, is this going to impact your lead events or other events you had planned? Or I know you've got a lot of things to take care of cleaning up the office. Yeah, we've got, you know, we've got 25 more events we've got to do or something like that all <laughs> over the state between now and November and a week of lead. Here's what we know um, we've got to do, especially for lead. We don't want any parent concerned about the safety of, of his or her child, right? Mm, yes. So we are going to have to hire um, a private security wow. to come on campus and be with our kids 24-7. Um, I wouldn't do anything else. We've got to look at that here. 
Look, the graffiti on the wall outside my office was real. It was gone yesterday morning. They painted it because the people in the building, I'm sure, are not happy with what's been going on here. Um, and But that was real. If abortions aren't safe, then neither are you. Hmm. That's a direct threat. So we want to make sure that we, we are doing what we can, to, especially with teenagers. We don't want them to be fearful, but we want them to know we are respectful of the, the, of what could happen and that we are going to do everything we can to ensure their safety. We don't want we want everybody to come. I don't have any reason to think that anything's going to happen at Maranatha Baptist University, July 10th through the 15th for our te- for our teen lead camp. But we're going to be cautious. And I don't know how much money that's going to take. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure private security seven days a week, 24 hours a day is not cheap, wow. but we're going to do it. We'll, we will we'll live by faith and we will get it done. Well, so, thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you, because I know that's an added expense and they want they want you to back down. They want you to quit. And you've oh. you already said in your interviews and in this interview, uh, you said that you will repair the offices, remain on the job, build a stronger grassroots effort. You will not back down and stop doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for your perseverance. And in, in these times, um, we are going to be attacked in many different ways. But God bless you, Julaine, And I'll encourage our listeners to pray for you and prayerfully think about donating to Wisconsin Family Action or the Wisconsin Family Council. Thanks for your time, sister. Thank you, David. God bless all of you there at Q90. All right, thank you. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue uh, talking about some of these articles and on this, these issues of compelling answers to the abortion, quote, rights challenge. That's coming up next. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, guys, welcome back. Uh, when I was speaking with Julaine, um, I was encouraged thinking about how important it is for us to be salt and light. Boy, we've talked a lot about that, haven't we, and what that really means as Christians in our society. And I can't help but think of Pastor Paul Blair out at Fairview Baptist Church in Edmond, Oklahoma, and how he often says Christians cannot compartmentalize their faith. We must not compartmentalize our faith. What does that mean? That means you can uh, be a, a, a Christian in every phase of life, uh, except for maybe when you go to your secular job. Or when you go to the voting booth, you're a Christian, but you don't vote the biblical worldview. Well, there's a problem with that. You can't leave Jesus in the car and get out and go into the voting booth and vote. So we cannot separate, we cannot divorce our biblical worldview from the actions of our lives. And, and that's fruit, the fruit of our lives. Hopefully, uh, more of us are understanding that in these dire times that we're living in. So before we get to, uh, I really want to talk a little bit about the question, the one question that I referred to in a podcast last week from Gregory Kokel from StandToReason.com. One question about abortion is, can I kill this? We have to answer the question, what is it that we're talking about, before you can address the debate about, can I kill it? So we're going to talk about that in a minute. My article this week, um, Blurring the Lines Between Pro-Abortion Activism and Domestic Terrorism, and as Jelaine said, this is an act of terrorism when someone bombs your office and sets it on fire because you support life in the womb and you stand up for Christian values. This is terrorism now. This is not just someone who disagrees with you. Um, 
but before I do that, I got an email from Pastor uh, from Rick Scarborough of Recover America. And I just want to <laughs> set this up before we talk about some other things in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. He says, here's what gives me hope. People want their leaders from both sides of the political divide to return to making America first rather than surrendering American sovereignty to the radicals in this country and the globalists. Parents across this nation are awakening to the fact that their children are being indoctrinated by leftist ideologies. And they're showing up at school board meetings. Parents are finally firing or replacing the educrats. Also, conservative biblical voters are defeating liberals in special elections and in primaries. There is growing evidence that a tidal wave of disgruntled voters will be going to the polls in the fall that's for the midterms, to vote for candidates who share their moral values and conservative principles. Pastors who have never been politically engaged are seeing the necessity and practical benefits of leading Christians to engage in the civil arena, voting their biblical values, and becoming leaders in their communities, state, and nation. These are the same values that once made America the, quote, shining city set upon a hill which President Reagan spoke about and refers to shining your light as Christians. And finally, he said, voters are recognizing that without election integrity, freedom cannot be preserved, and they are doing something about it. And then he mentions Dinesh D'Souza's new documentary. It's called 2,000 Mules. It's required viewing for those who want to stay informed and know what's going on. We're talking about video evidence of election fraud in 2020 that cannot be reversed now, but there's enough evidence that was suppressed and censored by the Marxist and the Democrats in the mainstream media. So that again, that's 2,000 mules, 2,000 mules. So I want to direct you to that so you understand. But Rick Scarborough said these are some of the things that give us hope. The people are starting to wake up, and that's what we've talked with Dr. Lee Merritt about. On Tuesday, that's what we talked about earlier with Jelaine Appling. It seems like maybe not enough, but people are starting to wake up. So in my article this week, um, I want to mention I quoted Pastor Matt Truella. He's the founder of Missionaries to the Preborn. He's a, one of the people I blessed to speak with on this podcast. He said this, if Roe is overturned, the politicians will no longer be able to hide behind the skirt of the court. And people are going to be shocked at how the majority of their GOP politicians behave. Many will demonstrate treachery towards the preborn by watering down any laws said to protect them. Now, friends, Pastor Matt Truella is not talking about the Democrats and those who constantly support the culture of death. And he's talking about those who are either in the middle they're independents, but they run as Republicans. Maybe they're moderates. I don't know. You've got to redefine that now. But he says, a friend of mine wrote to me, quote, we will now see who the true Republicans or pro-lifers are, and it will be up to each state to abolish and ban abortion or endorse and protect the demonic practice. Um, he said, it's sad that we've waited on the Supreme Court itself to agree that Roe v. Wade was never constitutional law, nor did we have to wait 
Pastor Matt Truella continues, 50 years of disobedient magistrates and Christians have cost many lives. The fiction of judicial supremacy kept so many from protecting human life. Now, no more incrementalism. Now we strike down the murder completely. No exceptions. The fight is far from over. America is covered in innocent blood. God's judgment is just. We are not going to just walk away from this with an evening rally and a latte. End quote. Human life is created by God in his image. It is precious and every life should be protected, especially the most vulnerable. None of these things, by the way, determine our value as human beings. Size, skin color, our level of development, race, gender, environment, degree of dependency, or place of residence. And that alludes to human life in mother's wombs, preborn babies. Um, I want to share this quote again. Uh, I'll share it so many times you guys are going to eventually memorize it from Greg Kokel. He said, if the unborn is not a human being, no justification for abortion is necessary. However, if the unborn is a human being, no justification for abortion is adequate. That's how I wrapped up my um, Christ and Culture segment over at Freedom Project Media. Um, by the way, it's a blessing uh, to, to learn from some of these guys. Dr. Duke Pesta, and I, I filled in for Katie Petrick, who was out sick this week. Um, it, it's, that's a tough job over there. They're dealing with what's constantly going on in the public school system, K-12, through and at the university level, and how our young people today, friends, are being lied to. They're be, they've been deceived. They're being indoctrinated. Don't take this lightly anymore if you have in the past. Romans 1, I want to go back to this real quick. Romans 1, verse 25 says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, for falsehood. And they worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Verse 28 says, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things that are not proper. God judged. God gave them over. And his judgment is just. We deserve more, but he's so far held his hand. There's, it's been restrained a little bit. Thank God, Holy Spirit, the restrainer. Thank God we've not been, for, for all that we've done in this country, not we, you and I necessarily, but our, you know, forefathers, not forefathers, going back the last 50 to 100 years, those who have lived in the last 50 to 100 years have allowed a lot of evil that is now being called good. How did we get to that point? How did we get here where evil is being called good, as Isaiah 5.20 warns us, and good is being called evil? So this is interesting. Molly Hemingway over at The Federalist quoted, um, talked about this hate-filled extremism, and there's actually people now screaming, they were, over at the Supreme Court steps, Kill those effing babies. So they're acknowledging it's a human life. They're acknowledging it's babies in mother's wombs. They're talking about abortion. And they're so loud and proud over it now. This 
friends, is demonic and should not be endorsed or looked, overlooked or minimized by any Bible-believing Christian or anybody really with a heart and a conscience. I'm tired of this fight, but it's going to continue. So friends, fight the good fight of faith. Be planted firmly on the rock, on the Word of God, so that you can have these truths. When you, we talk about these issues from a biblical worldview, you, you can answer people and respond. Oh, Lord. Okay, so I talked about this, I think, last week, but briefly I want to quote it again from this article. Only one question. Can I kill this? Imagine your child walking up when your back is turned and asking, Daddy, can I kill this? Or, Mommy, can I kill this? Now, your son or daughter is behind you. What's the first thing you have to find out before you can answer him or her? You can never answer the question, can I kill this? Unless you have answered a prior question, and that is, what is it? What are we talking about? What is the subject matter? What are you asking about whether it's good or bad or right or wrong to kill? What is abortion? It involves killing and discarding something that is alive. And so that trumps all other questions. Well, what about women's, quote, reproductive rights? Well, is that a right to reproduce? Well, God did say, be fruitful and multiply. And by the way, only male and female can do so, can multiply and be fruitful. Uh, but so God did say, let them choose life so that you and your descendants may live. He said, choose life. And many other ways uh, the Bible talks about the unborn in the, in the mother's wombs, that they are very much human. Remember that John the Baptist leaped for joy in his mother Elizabeth's womb when Mary came to visit her when Mary was pregnant with Jesus. That's an interesting story, isn't it? Well, I wish we had more time to talk about this, but I'm going to have to put this article in today's podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com about only one question, can I kill this? And that is, it's a very extensive article, and I'll let you read that today. Thank you guys so much again for your support. Um, It is very encouraging. But as much as we are a nonprofit and we are a listener-supported ministry, I want to encourage you to go check out Julian Appling's organization, Wisconsin Family Council and Wisconsin Family Action, not knowing whether, what, whether the insurance is going to cover everything because it was an act of hate. It should be a hate crime. It was an act of terrorism that uh, the radicals on the left, pro-aborts, uh, destroyed, bombed her offices and set it on fire, and then wrote their signature on the building, right? That was... Uh, no, a little clue on who did it. But anyway, guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for sharing the podcast. And as always, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before I can say that, I've got to tell you who's coming up tomorrow. Where am I here? I was just so, so tomorrow we've got Pete Garcia. Who's Pete Garcia? He's over at Rev310.net. He's a retired military veteran and aviator and a speaker and is a teacher of Bible prophecy. Uh, He co-wrote a book with Jonathan Brentner, which we've had on the podcast. So Pete Garcia tomorrow. And on Friday, we've got, who is on Friday? Oh, um, Bill Perkins, Compass International. Now I can close with my signature. God bless you. And keep speaking the truth about things that matter.